So, brand new year means we get to start a brand new sermon series. Woo-hoo! Um, uh, this one is actually one that uh, speaks to things we've kind of touched on uh, in some years past, but it's been several years since we have looked at that. And so we're going to be spending some time this morning uh, looking at that idea of what it means to be purpose-driven or goal-focused. Um, and and um, I, I'll start by just sharing with you something you already know, and that is that that I grew up in the, the Southern California area. Now, there's a lot of good things about Southern California. If you want access to different resources and, and things to do, you really can't beat it. Uh, where I lived in West Covina, within an hour's time, I could be at the mountains, I could be at the beach, um, I could be at the or mountains, beach, desert, um, all within an hour. There's world-class museums and amusement parks and sports stadiums and all of those kinds of things. Um, just about everything you could want to do, you have access to there. But one of the things you can't do, or at least I wasn't able to where I was living, was you can't go hunting. Um, it's pretty much all concrete, and not a lot of wildlife, or at least uh, not that kind of wildlife. Um, and, and so you're pretty restricted on, on being able to, to go and do what I'd see on TV or I'd hear about with some other friends, maybe had a chance to, to go and do. But as I grew older, I eventually moved away from Southern California, went to the Midwest, and, and had several occasions actually to go out and do some hunting. For those of you that are animal lovers, you'll be glad to know that despite my best efforts, um, I had absolutely zero impact on the population of either fowl or game, um, and so uh, no harm done there. But it was fun to be able to get out and just enjoy God's creation. And in addition to those events, also have had a number of occasions to to be able to go and do just some, some target uh, practice. And, and one of the things that I've learned in the midst of, of all of those times of being out with some, some guns um, is that there's a, a tendency that we have uh, to hit what we aim for. You'll see it there at the bottom of our opening slide. Uh, we tend to hit what we aim for. If we've got any competency at all in, in shooting, um, that tends to be a, a reality. Um, and so if you're uh, aiming at a target, you're probably going to hit that target. Now, you may not hit the bullseye of that target, uh, but you'll probably hit the target. Uh, if you're aiming for a, a tin can sitting on a, a tree trunk, which is what some of us would do when we went out into the woods, uh, you probably are going to hit that. Um, but that also works uh, in a related way, such as suppose you have that gun, suppose you've got a pistol and you're uh, leaving it at your side and you've got your finger on the trigger, which you should never do. Um, but suppose that's the case and you accidentally pull that trigger. Now, hoping that you've missed your feet and the feet of any of those that are around you, um, you are still going to hit what you aimed at. If you're aiming at nothing, that's what you're going to hit. You're going to hit nothing. And the same is true with our lives. If we aim at nothing, that is what we tend to hit. Um, and it's my observation that for too many in the church, in fact, I would say for too many in our, our society in general, that's kind of the philosophy that we live by. We don't aim for anything, and so we don't tend to hit anything. Uh, we no longer uh, are really pursuing in, in ways I believe that we did in the past. We're no longer aiming to be great parents or aiming to be good grandparents or citizens or employees or managers or friends or spouses or, 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 or even followers of Christ. Instead, what we, we tend to embrace is that idea of, you know, we got through last year, it was okay, um, and so we'll do okay again this year. And yet I really don't think that's what God wants for us. In fact, I'm, I'm really absolutely convinced of that. God desires more 
as we'll talk about in just a moment, I think God desires us to experience the fullness of his uh, creation that's difficult to do if we settle for mediocrity and just sort of, of getting by. And so this morning, we're going to talk about what it means to be purpose-driven, what it means to have sort of that goal focus in our lives in the hope that 365 days from now, regardless of what 2021 holds, whether there's ongoing pandemic or another round of fires or a big snowstorm or whatever might come our way, whatever happens, that we'll be able to look back and we'll be able to rejoice because we'll see how God has been at work and moved us forward in our lives. So we're going to look at goal setting really from three different directions over the next three weeks. Today we're going to talk about the why of goal setting. Next week we're going to talk about the what, and then we'll wrap up with the how. But we begin with this idea of, of, of why is it that we pursue goals? Why is that a significant kind of thing? And I begin by suggesting to you that, that part of the reason we do that is because I think God's sort of focused that direction. I think God is a, is a goal-oriented kind of God. I say that in part because of, of the, the numerous passages that remind us of the various plans that God has in place. We see that he has that in place for all of creation. And so we look, for example, in Psalm 33, and it says this to us. But the plans of the Lord stand firm forever. The purposes of his heart through all generations. God has a plan in place. He's had from the very beginning, from that, that very first big bang or whatever it is that, that started a creation as we know it. But it's not just that big picture plan that God has in place. He also has a plan in place for our lives. And so we see in a couple of passages where it speaks of that. For example, in Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Uh, Jesus reiterates that idea in uh, John 10, 10, where he says, I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. God wants us to experience the fullness of this creation. You know, as we look around us, we see that God did a pretty good job when he, when he created this world. And I think he wants us to experience as much of that as we can. And, and I think we do that um, as we follow that plan that he has for us as well as for creation. And so we see that God is a God who is himself uh, one that's oriented uh, toward goals. Goals for creation, uh, goals for us specifically. And in fact, just to reiterate that idea about goals for us, you know, um, God is so concerned about our lives that, that he's, he has numbered the very hairs of our head. Uh, we read that, uh, Jesus tells us that. Now, uh, for some, uh, that, that means more than, than for others. But, uh, you know, this past week I went and had a haircut. And as I was waiting for my barber, Dave, to get to me, and, and of course there's all the rules in place now where you can only have uh, one customer in the, in the hair place at a time. So as I'm, I'm waiting for Dave to sweep up all the clippings from some of the previous uh, people he'd been with, as, as Dave's looking down at this pile, and as I'm looking down, all I see is a pile of hair there on the ground. But if it was God that was in that room, he could have reached down and picked up one of those hairs, and he could have said, this is hair number 57 from Jack. Or, or this is hair number 138 from Bob. Or this is hair number 924 uh, from Alice. God knows the very hairs of our head. God is concerned 
about God has a plan for us. And so I, I think as we talk about goal setting, we, we find ourselves in sync with, with the, the nature of who God is. And there's other reasons for that as well. And so um, I, we could go at great length on this, but I just pulled out five this morning that I, I hope will, will serve as a, an inspiration as I encourage you to think about goals for this coming year. And the first is that the goals reflect commitment. As we think about reasons for goals, one of the things we see is that goals reflect commitment. When we state a goal, we're really declaring a deliberate intention to achieve a specific outcome. Let me say that one more time. When we, when we state a goal, we're declaring a deliberate intention to achieve a specific outcome. So I, I could say to you this morning that, that I want to be in better shape in 2021, which I pretty much tell you every year. Um, and it's true. I would like to be in, in, in better shape. But if I just say it in that way, there's not a lot of uh, conviction on my part or probably on your part either is that I'll follow through. But if I was to say to you that I'm committing today uh, to walking 8,000 steps five days a week, well, that has a whole different feel to it. There's a, a much higher sense of, of commitment behind that. And I think that's what God calls us to. God is a, is a God who calls us, in fact, to commitment. We see that in our relationship with him. In uh, Mark 12, we read these words. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind and with all of your strength. Not just a part of who we are, with all. And, and then he covers four specific areas, heart, soul, mind, strength. And as nearly as I can tell, that pretty much covers everything. And so he wants our entire being. He, he calls us to, to commit ourselves in our entirety to him. We also see that God is a God who blesses commitment. We read in Proverbs 16, 3, these words, commit to the Lord whatever you do, whatever your plans are, and he will establish your plans. He'll, he'll come alongside you to, to help guide you in that. Other passages, uh, other versions uh, translate that last part, um, that, that he will make your plans succeed. Because I think that's honoring to God as long as he's our focus, as long as he's the one that we're, we're, we're trying to pursue, as, as long as he's that vision as we think about that song we just sang that's before us. God is there with us. And so goals reflect that, that, that degree of commitment that we make. Second, we see the goals invite accountability into our lives. And accountability is one of the best tools if you want to be true uh, to living out a goal in your, in your life. When I was growing up in high school, uh, when I was a junior, I wanted to make the varsity basketball team. I didn't have the skill set quite yet to do that. I knew I had to work on that. And so the summer leading into that, I spent that with my best friend, Denny. And every day during the week, we would meet at a specific time to practice basketball. And to the best of my intention, uh, with the exception of maybe vacation or being sick, um, we met every single day that summer to practice as I moved on in my life, I got to a point where I was at my first church after seminary, which was in Lindsborg, Kansas. And I met with a group of guys that were there who also wanted to, to get in a little better shape. And so we committed to, uh, to riding bikes several days a week. We would meet early in the morning and we would go ride for several miles in order to, uh, to get a little bit more fit. Moving off the, the fitness side, uh, even here today uh, in 2021, I, I meet with a group of pastors every Thursday morning. We gather for prayer and to, uh, just to uplift one another be, to be, do that before God. 
Now, I know that there's value in all of these things uh, that happen, but I'll share a little secret with you. Even though I knew that all of these things were good for me, I didn't always want to do those things. You see, there were some days in, in uh, the summer when I would rather have gone to the beach with my friends or gone to a movie rather than, and than get together with my best friend and, and practice basketball, but, but I didn't. I met with him. Uh, there were times in, in uh, Lindsborg, Kansas, which is kind of in the center part of, of Kansas, where it can be very hot and very muggy, even early in the morning. And there was just not much incentive to get out in the midst of that to ride a bike, but I still went there because I'd made a commitment because there was an element of accountability to those other guys that would be waiting for me. For these pastors on Thursday morning, um, there's times where I've had a late night, I either haven't slept well, or maybe there's been some kind of crisis that I've had to respond to that has kept me up most of the night, and the alarm goes off, and it would be so easy uh, to sleep another hour or two, but I don't, because I've made a commitment, because there's an element of accountability to that. See, folks, God can use that, I think, in ways to, to draw us, to inspire, to follow through on those, those goals that we set. Now, we know that there's, there is ultimately going to be some accountability in our life if for uh, nothing else in, in terms of our relationship with God. And so we read, for example, in Romans 14, these words. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. There's going to come a, a time when we're, uh, this life is over and, and we're uh, standing before God. We're going to have an element of accountability there. But we don't have to wait till we get to that point. God allows us to use the same concept in guiding and enhancing our lives in the, in the here and in the now. We can be an accountability, a positive accountability piece to one another. We read, for example, in uh, 1 Thessalonians 5. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. That's a big part of what an, an accountability is, is, is to be an encouraging piece there. Uh, though, let me mention that the building one another up doesn't just mean uh, saying nice things uh, to one another. Sometimes building one another up means that we have to say the hard things. And so for, uh, imagine that um, I, I've got some friends and, and there may come an occasion where I have to say to, to one of those friends, you know, man, I love the stories that you tell and you have such great jokes, but, but sometimes those jokes get just a little bit suggestive and I'm afraid that maybe it's hurting your witness. Or for those of you that are, are, are women, maybe, uh, maybe you have a friend and, and you know that this friend loves her husband, um, but you have to talk to her and say, hey, I, I know you've got a great relationship. I know he means a lot to you, but some of the comments you say, they really come across as demeaning to him. Uh, did you realize that? Sometimes we have to, to in love, uh, say those things that are, are, are honest in order to build them up. But as we do that, uh, we're, we're being an element, a, a person of accountability in their life, just as we hope uh, that they'll provide accountability in our lives as well. So a second reason for, for uh, setting goals is that it provides accountability. Thirdly, we see the goals help keep us focused on that which we're trying to accomplish or to achieve. Especially if we're wanting to do that in terms of aligning with God's will for our lives. So we read, for example, in Philippians 3, Forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. 
You almost can, can imagine that image there of the person putting their chest out as they're trying to cross that ribbon to be, to be in first place. And it's not talking here about physical races. It's not talking so much about, about um, human goals that we want to accomplish as it is fulfilling God's will in this passage. But the principle is the same in all areas of our life. We want to keep our eyes focused on that which is before us. We want to strain, as the writer tells us here, for, for what awaits, for what it is that God is calling us toward. Goals help us to keep that focus on what is before us. Goals also help us to, uh, to avoid getting distracted and, and, and veering off from that, from doing what I call rabbit trailing. If you've ever been out of doors and you've watched a, a rabbit hop, especially if there's any sense of, of a predator that is by them, you'll see that they, they don't hop in a straight line, uh, that their tracks kind of go all over the place. And that's what happens for me, uh, maybe not for you, but for me sometimes when I'm wanting to move forward uh, toward accomplishing a specific thing on a day, I, I have this thing I want to do and, and I'll move forward, but then something pulls me off just a little bit to the side. And then I get there, and then something else catches my attention, and I go a little bit farther off. And then I'm a little bit farther off. And before I know it, I'm this far from where I wanted to start with my initial goal. As we have that sense of, of, of being focused that keeps us from, from doing those kinds of things. The writer of Hebrew addresses it with these words in Hebrews 12. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and instead... Let us run with perseverance the race marked for us. Again, that idea of, of keeping the goal uh, always in front of us. And so we, we see the goals help us to keep us focused. Fourthly, we see that the goals motivate us to move beyond our comfort zone. Uh, now, I don't know about you, but for me, I'm one of those people that, that can find a place in life, kind of a niche, and, and I can stay in that uh, most of my life. I, I am comfortable with that. Now, there's other people who are all constantly wanting to experience or to do something new. I think of Tom, um, and he's always wanting to, to go a different direction, try something new, something new, exciting. Um, I'm more of that, that stay in, in, in my niche place. But you know what? As we look at God's interaction with his people, we see that frequently uh, God wants us to get out of those niches, to get out of those comfort zones that he has for us. And we see so many examples of that in Scripture. Let me give to you just a, a few of those. We see, for example, Moses. You know, he'd found his kind of niche being a shepherd uh, there after he had fled from, from killing that Egyptian soldier. He'd been there uh, quite a number of years when, when God called him back to, to confront Pharaoh in some situations that were pretty tension-filled, ultimately so that he could lead his people uh, from, from slavery into freedom. Uh, we think of Joshua, who, who was called to command a, a group of people uh, who were pretty uh, ill-prepared, untrained in terms of, of warfare, and yet God called them as the, the people of Israel to move into this new land, the promised land that God had given to them. We see Nehemiah, who was called to leave a very comfortable setting in, in the palace in order to go and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. We think of Gideon, who was, who was uh, a person that, that uh, spent most of his time on the, the threshing floor, and yet God called him to raise up a group of other guys uh, to be warriors who ultimately would go against and defeat the very ones that they had been hiding from previously. We think of Esther, who was challenged to, uh, to confront the king, something that was illegal to do in that day, uh, at, the, at the risk of the penalty of death. And yet she did that in order to, to prevent her people from being annihilated or exterminated 
We think of Mary who was called to, uh, to be a mother even before she was called to be a wife. And not just any mother, but the mother of the Son of God himself. We think of the apostles, a group of guys who, um, who were uh, pretty uh, unequipped, not, not overly educated, and yet God called them to be ones who would train and equip uh, individuals to make disciples that ultimately would change the world. And in each one of these cases, as you look back, it's not that these people just decided on their own that they, they wanted to pursue these things. There was a prompting behind that. Sometimes it was God that called to them. Sometimes it was an angel that called to them. Sometimes it was a, another family member or a friend that called to them. Well, God calls to us as well to step out of our comfort zones in order to pursue and to fulfill uh, what it is that, that God would, would have before us. And the good news is that as we do this, we don't have to do it just on our own. It's, it's not just us by ourselves in isolation uh, trying to, to achieve this. We, we do that because we know that God's standing beside us. And so we read a variety of passages that speak to that. In Matthew 19, Jesus looked at them and said, But with man this is impossible, yet with God all things are possible. Or we look at 2 Timothy 1, For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power and love. And self-discipline, or we look at Philippians 1, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on until what? Completion. God doesn't get his part the way there and then, and then turn his back and walk away from us. He, he continues to work with us, to encourage us, to shape us, to mold us until the day of Christ Jesus. We see that the goals help us to, to stretch beyond that comfort zone, which is so easy uh, for us to stay in. And then finally, we see that the goals enable us to see the progress that we're actually achieving. Sometimes we can get caught up in, in the, the hecticness, the busyness of life, that we, we really don't see how God has been at work in the past, how he's moved us forward. One of the things that we know is that one of the best motivators to pursue current and future goals our past successes. Again, let me say that one more time for you. One of the best motivators to pursue current and future goals are past successes. And so for myself, I, I can have a great confidence in God. I can have a great um, sense of, of relying and trusting on him because I know that God has been there throughout my life. Time and time and time again, example after example, I can look how God has intervened and be, been present in my life. And so I've come to be convinced through my own life experience of those words that we read in Hebrews 13, that Jesus is the same today, yesterday, and forever. That he's always been there, that he always will be there uh, for me. I look at that and I can, I can build on that to have a sense of in all of those things. And the same thing is true of us just in our natural lives, isn't it? As we, we look back at the things that we've, we've tried to achieve, if we've had some, excess, some successes there, aren't they a motivator for us to continue on? Think, for example, if you've, if you've tried to lose some weight ever in the past, and if you reach that point where you can pull out that belt and get one more notch uh, there underneath, isn't that an encouragement for you to continue doing it? Or, or you get on the scale and it moves in the direction that's not normally the way it works for me, doesn't go up, it goes down, and you see that you've lost some weight. Isn't that an encouragement then to, to continue on whatever you've been doing? As we look at past successes, God uses those things uh, to motivate and to encourage us to pursue uh, goals that we've set for ourselves now or might have there in the future. 
And so my hope is that as we move into this, this new year and this, this 2021, uh, that as we talk a little bit more about setting some goals, that you'll think about some goals that will help shape and mold you into the person God wants you to be and, and to be deliberate about those in such a manner that 365 days from now, you can look back and you can see in this area and that area and that area and however it might be how God has moved you forward in that image of conformity that he calls us to. So as I wrap up, let me just recap real quickly. One of the things we mentioned is that we hit what we aim for. If we set goals out there, we're going to probably hit or get close to hitting those goals. If we don't set any goals, if there's nothing that we're aiming for, that's exactly what we'll hit. Nothing. We see that God himself, I would suggest to you, is, is one who has plans, who is goal-oriented. We, uh, we've looked at some of the reasons to pursue goals. Goals reflect our commitment to God. They invite accountability. They, they help keep us focused. Goals motivate us to move outside of our comfort zones. Goals enable us to see a forward a progress. And then as we think about that, um, as we think about next week in which we're going to talk about the what, today was the why, next week is the what, I'm going to encourage you uh, to think about setting goals in five areas of your life. Now, this is up to you. You can completely blow me off on this and not do any of that, but, but I'm going to encourage you to think about five areas, and let me mention them now so that you can be thinking about them in, in anticipation of next week. Those areas are faith, and family, and fitness, and finances, and fun. Faith, family, fitness, finances, and fun. We'll unpack that a little bit more next week. But my prayer is, my hope is that throughout this process, God will give us the encouragement, will give us the tools that will enable us to become again more the men and the women that he calls us to be as followers of his. Amen.